Welcome to the 24-Minute Bible Podcast, where each week our goal is to simply get a better understanding of God's Word, the Bible. We hope you will get reading this amazing book and join us on this exciting journey. And now, here's your host, Pastor Mark Miner. Well, hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me today. My name is Mark Miner. I'm your tour guide, your host. I'm your fellow surgeoner on this journey to uh, explore this amazing gift that we call the Bible. And the goal of the 24-Minute Bible Podcast is to try to make the complicated simple, a just very simple, understandable journey through the amazing book that we call the Bible. So I have a question for you today, and that question is this. Do you enjoy a good mystery? I have to confess that I truly do. I have all my life, and uh, I have to even confess right now that I'm somewhat addicted to uh, a television show called The Curse of Oak Island. It's been on for many years now, and I don't know that they're ever going to find any gold on this island uh, outside of Canada, Nova Scotia, but I do enjoy the season as they look for the gold and as the archaeologists there discover so many things that perhaps are pertinent to the discovery of North America. It might even predate Christopher Columbus and his journey. So, so I try to watch that each week as they come up with new uh, episodes. I'm sure they're just stringing me along. They may already have the gold. There may never have been gold. I don't know but I'm enjoying the journey. And that really is what we do as we come into the Bible, as we begin to enjoy the journey and try and seek, as God has, I believe, created in us as human beings, the desire to explore, to understand. Uh, you know, as kids, my family, uh, when, when my children were growing up, uh, almost every Friday during a period of, of their uh, adolescence and, and as a children, grade school children probably, uh, we had a treasure hunt every Friday night, and I enjoyed doing that, and they enjoyed uh, the, the prospect of discovering some treasure. And of course, as I record this, it's around Christmas time right now, and uh, the movie called The Christmas Story. Uh, you might remember, you'll shoot your eye out, the Red Rider, Red Rider BB gun, there it is, uh, with Ralphie. But, um, you know, the one thing, if you've seen the movie, and I don't know that you could help but see it, it's on a hundred times a week, it seems like, during the month of December. But uh, he ordered a decoder ring from uh, Ovaltine because it was little Annie, little orphan Annie, and it would give him the secret message. And he was so excited. He would go to the mailbox every day to see if it was there. And then eventually the, it came, and it was such a, a, a momentous time for him until he decoded the secret message and he found out that the message was simply drink more Ovaltine. Well, uh, when we discover and, dis and explore the Bible, we're not going to come up with drink more Ovaltine. We are going to come up with some amazing truths. And I say all this in the lead-in here to this amazing book called Hebrews. I want to give you a key phrase as I do each week, something to help you understand or to grasp just a, a very simple uh, meaning or concept from each book of the Bible and the book of Hebrews. The phrase I would like to give you, actually I'm going to give you two. One of them is treasure map or to use uh, the idea of a decoder ring sort of concept. Uh, the uh, book of Hebrews truly is a... Uh, it's a decoder ring. 
It helps us to understand what God has been writing and saying and showing us through what we sometimes call types and shadows all throughout the Bible. We all enjoy a good treasure hunt, I believe, and uh, the book of Hebrews is the decoder ring. It is the treasure map that helps us to understand the greatest treasure of all. And what is that greatest treasure of all? It's understanding. It's wisdom. Ultimately, of course, wisdom arrives at the feet of God. But the book of Hebrews, more than any other book I believe in the Bible, uh, puts meaning to the mystery. There are many mysteries, so many mysteries in the Old Testament, things that we read. And as we've been going through the Bible this year, uh, for, of course, if you've been a regular listener, I started back in January. This episode is episode 112, but we started um, 40-some episodes earlier with Genesis. And we've just been taking books each week and finding our way, walking our way through the Bible in a simple path to understand God's plan. And through those uh, books, there were many mysteries, things that we couldn't explain, things that seemed a little obtuse or odd or difficult, or why in the world would God say that? The book of Hebrews puts so much of that together. The mysteries of the Old Testament practices are explained in the book of Hebrews. The purpose of so many of the holy relics, for example, uh, the Ark of the Covenant, created in the Old Testament by uh, at, at God's design uh, at the request of Moses by two gentlemen named Ohaliab and Bezalel. But those two men created this incredible box that tr was a treasure chest, if you will. What was the purpose of that? It wasn't just so Indiana Jones could seek to find it. There's a reason for everything that God does and every word and every practice that God gives us. And so the purpose of those holy relics in the Old Testament, they are realized as the author of Hebrews provides a heavenly meaning for us. I've said many times, the Old Testament is like a coloring book that as children, it has the outlines drawn. We, we take the colors and hope to, to bring it to life in a sense. Well, uh, the coloring book is the Old Testament, but the book of Hebrews presents the masterpiece, the da Vinci painting, if you will, of God's plan through the ages. The brushstrokes that we see in the book of Hebrews truly give us understanding to some of these concepts particularly those of us who might have grown up in church through the years. We've said the terms. We're, we're acquainted with some of the concepts. We sing them in our songs. But when it gets right down to it, we don't genuinely have an idea or a clue what it is that's at the heart of those concepts. The book of Hebrews brings those concepts to life. So again, if you want to just uh, latch on to a key phrase, the book of Hebrews is a treasure map. It's going to lead you to the pot of gold, the treasure, the understanding. Or you might think of it as that decoder ring, that when you plug it all in, when you begin to see the pieces, and that's what the author of Hebrews is going to do, all of a sudden we have that aha moment. Just as an aside, but in 1799, uh, the uh, 
<clears throat> legions of Napoleon. His armies were in uh, Egypt and they were searching for things as well as capturing territory. And one of the things that they found was a stone, a stone called the Rosetta Stone. And from the Rosetta Stone, that discovery led as sort of a decoder ring or a treasure map, if you will, to the understanding for the first time of the hieroglyphics that were on all the pyramids and all the treasures of Egypt. So the Rosetta Stone became the, the uh, path through which understanding of these ancient hieroglyphic writings could, uh, could be ascertained by us here in the modern world. Well, the book of Hebrews is that. It explains God's plan truly through the ages. So we're getting ready to take a little journey here, uh, and uh, I'll, I'm going to bring you up to speed on a few things that have to do with the book, and then we're going to dive into some of the mysteries of the book of Hebrews. So again, thank you for joining me today uh, on this podcast, and I uh, trust that this will uh, bring some wisdom and truly some light and understanding as we look at this incredible book, the 13 chapters of the book of Hebrews. Let's do a little fact sheet, if you will, uh, concerning the book of Hebrews. How about the author? Well, we don't really know who the author is. Uh, oftentimes, the King James Version of the Bible, uh, the authors of that, or the interpreters, the translators of that, I should say, uh, attributed the uh, authorship of Hebrews to the Apostle Paul. Today, most scholars will admit we don't know that for fact. It possibly could have been Paul, but there's also a possibility it may have been Barnabas, Paul's traveling companion. Another individual whose name pops up occasionally as a possibly the author of the book of Hebrews is uh, the man named Apollos that is mentioned many times throughout the New Testament, particularly in Paul's writings. Uh, the truth is we don't know exactly who the author is other than we know that it was God. Uh, the date of Hebrews. One thing we're pretty certain about, uh, that the book of Hebrews was written before the destruction of the Jewish temple. The Jewish temple was destroyed in 70 AD by the Roman general Titus. We'll touch more on that in just a moment. Uh, and we have no reference in the book of Hebrews that the temple is no longer in existence. We think, we surmise that that would have been referenced. The temple that used to be would probably have been referenced somewhere along the line in the chapters of the book of Hebrews. It is not. So good chance that the book of Hebrews was written sometimes before, sometime before 70 A.D., one thing we do know for certain, the audience of the book of Hebrews, of course, was most certainly Jewish, at least originally. That is indeed why it's called the book of Hebrews, because it is a letter to the Hebrews. It's also understood because of the themes that we find in the book of Hebrews. Uh, there, uh, so much of the Old Testament is referenced there. In fact, 38, at least 38 different Old Testament references are found in the book of Hebrews, which gives one cause to believe that it was being written to a Jewish audience. And then certainly there's a very Jewish subjects that the book of Hebrews focuses on. For example, it begins talking about the Sabbath days 
Uh, that wouldn't make any sense to the Greeks. It wouldn't make any sense to those in Africa and, and Egypt. Uh, it wouldn't make any sense to the Romans, but it made ultimate sense to those raised up in Judaism who were very, very familiar with the Old Testament. It also talks about angels, and it talks about the temple, again, the Jewish temple. It, talks, it makes many, many references to the priesthood, including this mysterious individual known as Melchizedek. Book of Hebrews talks about all the sacrificial offerings. It talks about Mount Zion, and of course it ends up, uh, if you've been in church for any time at all, it ends up in Hebrews chapter 11 with the heroes of faith, and all of them are Jewish. They're all Hebrews. So uh, we call it sometimes the faith chapter. So there's a very real probability that uh, the audience addressed by the author of the book of Hebrews was, of course, Jewish. But the purpose wasn't just to uh, evangelize the Jews or even to inform the Jews. It was to us, for all of us, that we might understand all the things that God has been doing in the Old Testament are now have coming to and, in fact, have been fulfilled in the person of one individual, Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. Let's talk about a few of the mysteries. As I often say, you, you need to read through the book of Hebrews, the 13 chapters. And, and as you read through, and, and I will confess for me, sometimes it gets a little complicated because it does refer back to so many concepts and so many verses and so many ideas that perhaps we're not very familiar with that originate out of the Old Testament. But as we look at, very simply, three mysteries today, I trust that this will cause the book, and not only the book of Hebrews, but the entire Bible, the entire plan of salvation, if you will, to make sense to you, as uh, I believe God intended it to make sense to all of us. So let's begin with mystery number one. We put our decoder rings on, we get out our treasure map, and we wonder, okay, what are we going to find? What understanding or wisdom will come? So let's look at mystery number one, the mystery of the temple. Uh, just a reminder, and if you have access to the Facebook side, the Facebook page that uh, I published that goes along with the 24-Minute Bible Podcast, if you don't, I encourage you to get on Facebook if you have access and, and just type in the numbers two and four, uh, letter, yeah, numbers two and four, 24-Minute uh, Bible. Bible podcast. If you just type in those two numbers, uh, that will eventually get you to my Facebook page. And then you can see some of the things that I posted there that are accessories to this podcast. Uh, I like visual things. It helps me to understand. And the book of Hebrews is a very visual book. At least it's painting with words the visualness of God's plan. And central to that is the mystery of the temple. And on the Facebook page, or as I will describe to you right now, there have been three structures of worship recorded in the Bible. Primary, central structures of worship. The first one, God, the architect, designed and gave to his builder, Moses, who subcontracted it to many other individuals, but it's called the tabernacle. The tabernacle in the wilderness. And I, again, I've posted a picture of uh, the tabernacle with its uh, fence around it and with the tabernacle, which means tent, which was divided into two components, the holy place 
and the holy of holies where the ark of the covenant dwelt in darkness except that it wasn't dark there because the glory of god the shekinah which means visible the shekinah glory of god dwelt with man on earth in the center of that dark structure called the tabernacle and by the way the new testament tells us that we are now the tabernacle and in the dark place of our life, if we have invited Jesus into our life, he sends the light of his Holy Spirit and that Shekinah glory that used to dwell in the tabernacle uh, two, three thousand years ago now dwells in an earthly tabernacle called you, the believers in Christ. And so uh, I digress, but nonetheless an important point there. So the first of the mystery of the temple, the first structures, uh, structure that God commanded to be built was the tabernacle. The second one is Solomon's temple, built by King Solomon with the design given to him from his father, King David. And for approximately 400 years, Solomon's temple there on Mount Moriah uh, in Jerusalem was the focus of the Jewish nation, was the focus of worship. Uh, and yet, as so often happens, uh, those holy things that were given uh, begin to be dismissed by us as we think we can move on or pass. Uh, and certainly that's what happened with Solomon's temple. It fell into disrepute. It was disregarded by the people as they looked around them and saw some of the other enticing gods of the enemies around them. They neglected the temple, and in 586 B.C., it was taken from them as King Nebuchadnezzar came in and destroyed Solomon's temple. We've talked about that in previous podcasts. But that was the second temple, or the second structure, if you will. The first temple, but the second structure. And then there's the third uh, structure, which was the remodeled or rebuilt temple. Uh, it wasn't remodeled, actually, because the first temple was destroyed. It was rebuilt. And this is sometimes known as the second temple, or occasionally Herod's temple, because King Herod, wicked as he was, very much enjoyed remodeling, adding to, embellishing things, and for 40-some years, he embellished the temple there in the center of Jerusalem. That was the temple that Jesus uh, worshipped at, and that he said, my father's house shall be a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. That was the temple there. That temple also served as a holy structure for so many years. Uh, but it also was destroyed in 70 AD, destroyed by Titus, the Roman general. Now, I've laid a lot of history, probably went too far in some of the uh, understanding there, but, but the point is simply this. Uh, the book of Hebrews introduces us to another temple, a temple not built by human hands. Let's look at Hebrews 9.11. I'm just going to quote the verse to you. You can study this for yourself at some point. But Hebrews 9.11 tells us this. But when Christ came as a high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. That is to say, not part of this creation. I don't know about you, my friends, but that's an aha moment for me. 
Because all the structures from the tabernacle to the first temple of Solomon to the second temple, which would be Herod's temple, all of those were just types and shadows. They were just pictures. They were just structures, coloring books, if you will. The true temple, the true tabernacle was never on earth. It was in heaven, and everything that we've had on earth was simply a copy of that tabernacle that was not part of this creation, that is not made by human hands, therefore made by the hands of God. And so you understand now the mystery of the temple becomes clear. The earthly temple was just a copy of the true temple, the real temple that is in heaven. I don't know about you again, but for me, that's an aha moment. So we don't have to worry about earthly structures here on earth. They never were of great value, even at the height of Judaism. It was just a picture, uh, an embellishment waiting for the true fulfillment. So let's continue on to the second mystery, the mystery of the priesthood. Again, Hebrews 9, 11 informs us about the mystery of the priesthood and the high priest. Let me read it to you again. But when Christ uh, came as a high priest, he went through a greater and more perfect tabernacle, one not made by human hands, not of this creation. Now let me just reference the, the priesthood for a minute. All through the Old Testament you had priests, and these priests for uh, 1,000 plus years would perform services as the law decreed, as the law required. But all of these priests were simply men. And every year after year after year, animals were slain and sacrifices were made, whether it was Passover, whether it was uh, Pentecost, whatever the feast, if it was uh, uh, just the weekly and even the daily sacrifices that were rendered, even on the day of Yom Kippur, that holiest of holy Jewish days, as the sins of the Jewish nation were atoned for, all of those things were done by earthly priests who were human. But Jesus Christ is the true high priest. All that came before him were simply men who modeled for us what, what the true high priest, Jesus, would accomplish for us. And that high priest, Jesus, we read about in the book of Hebrews, as we did in the book of Genesis and in the book of Psalms, this mysterious individual without beginning, without end, the one to whom Abraham offered a tithe, as we read about in the book of Genesis, this Melchizedek, at least I'm going to suggest to you, was Jesus. And Jesus went into the temple in the order of Melchizedek, in other words, not of the temple of men or not in the order of a human being, but in one without beginning, without end. And he would fulfill all of the Old Testament offerings. All of the promises of God find their yes in Jesus. Or as Jesus said in Matthew, I did not come to abolish the law and the prophets. I came to fulfill them. And Jesus, as high priest, fulfilled the offerings that were required, not in a stone temple building in Jerusalem, but in the true heavenly temple. Which brings us to the greatest mystery of all, the mystery of the salvation process. So we see Jesus going to a temple. We see Jesus operating for us as a high priest. Let's talk about the mystery of what he did, the salvation process. Hebrews 9.22 says this, In fact, 
The law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no remission or forgiveness of sins. My friend, here is the mystery of the ages. Here is the deepest mystery of all humanity. How could a holy God redeem sinful man? And it wasn't through all of the operations of the temple. It wasn't through all the shedding of the blood by, by human beings that were uh, adorned or, or recognized as high priests. It was by the coming of the true high priest, Jesus, who, took, who went into the true temple, as the book of Hebrews tells us, to the true temple, not on earth, but in heaven. And what did he do? He took his blood. That's why such an emphasis. If you're just listening to this podcast wondering, I don't understand the Bible. I don't understand this whole process. Understand this most important thing. The only thing that could pay for our sins, the only amount, the only uh, redemptive uh, essence was blood. Because we have to die for our sins, the shedding of blood. But somebody was going to pay that for us, and that somebody was Jesus. So Hebrews 9.12 tells us this. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and bulls or calves. In other words, it wasn't through any animal on earth that wasn't that blood of any animal on earth that Jesus took into the true tabernacle as our true high priest. But the verse continues on. But he entered the most holy place once for all, get this line now, by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. All of the blood of every sacrifice on, human, on, on the earth that's ever been made was of no consequence to remit or forgive or cover our sins. But Jesus came down as a human being. He had to be one of us. He lived among us. He took on flesh and blood. But he was sinless. And because of his sinlessness, his blood was not tainted. In other words, he did not have to die for his sins. Therefore, his blood was able to be offered in the true tabernacle in heaven by the true priest of the order of Melchizedek, the priest of eternity, Jesus himself, to cover your sins and my sins and what did he offer? He offered the only thing that could pay for our sins, and that was his blood. The blood of all the sacrifices of the ages, the Passover lamb, the scapegoat, the daily and yearly sacrifices, all of those things were just types, pictures, coloring books, if you will, that would give us and remind us of the actual price to be paid for human sin, which was human blood of a sinless individual, and that was Jesus Christ. Hebrews 9.24, one more time, just to fulfill uh, as we think about these mysteries uh, and understand Hebrews 9.24 more fully explains the process. For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself now to appear for us in God's presence. Now I'm going a little long right now, but I want to just finish out, complete this, this thought. When did this occur? 
I'm going to give you conjecture, ideas, thoughts. I think I'm correct. You may disagree. That's okay. Study it for yourself and see what the Holy Spirit reveals to you. But during his time in the tomb, Jesus died on the cross. We understand that. He shed his blood there on planet Earth. But it wasn't the blood shed on planet Earth, in my understanding, that covered the sins of all human beings. It was during that period of time, though his body is dead, laying in a stone-cold tomb in Jerusalem, but Christ is very alive. And he takes his blood, the blood that we have shed, and he journeys from this world to the next, to that true tabernacle in heaven as the true high priest that he is, with the only true element that could pay, the only cash that would pay for our sins, his blood. And he goes and he sprinkles that blood. In fact, the book of Hebrews talks about this more uh, eloquently as you read through it. But he takes his blood and he presents it there in the heavenly tabernacle. And it's at that moment that your sins and my sins, that the sins of all humanity, past, present, and future are redeemed and paid for by the once forever eternal sacrifice of the high priest of God who entered the true temple and paid the true price for your sins and my sins. My goodness, that's the book of Hebrews. As you read through the book of Hebrews, you'll understand some other deeper mysteries. I've just given you three. But put your decoder ring on. Get your treasure map out, which means to open up the 13 chapters of the book of Hebrews. And I believe the Holy Spirit will reveal to you things that, that will, will just boggle your mind. Hey, thank you so much for listening today for, to this episode of uh, the 24-Minute Bible Podcast. Next week, we begin to look at uh, the book of James. So I trust you'll be along for the ride. Thank you. Hey, we're almost there. We've almost made our way through the Bible in a year. Just a few more books. So don't give up now. You're going to make it. Thank you so much for being a part today of this episode of the 24-Minute Bible Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the 24-Minute Bible Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and look forward to continuing this journey to understanding the Bible, please subscribe to our channel. And if you would be so kind, share it with your friends who might enjoy it. We would also love it if you would leave us a review. It really does help us. Join us next week for another episode as we work our way through the Bible book by book. Have a blessed week.